Hello, I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and you come to me for hard facts. The world keeps turning, and you're trying to keep up. The fight against coronavirus has the But there's so much noise drowning out the news. Talking heads, broadcast messages, press releases, they're telling you their side, but you just want the facts. And that's why you come to me. I give you the statistics without spin. Out of 116 million working age Nigerians, 35.5 million are employed full-time. That's 30%. I give you the context. I give you the history. I fight fake news with facts. Kayo Day. No, I will I will let you talk. Kayo Day. Kayo Day. I will let you talk if you let me talk. Kayo Day. That's why more and more Lagosians are tuning in. Half a million Lagosians. 720,000. 970,000. Over 1 million Lagosians. They know that if you give me your afternoon, I will give you hard facts. I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your hard facts. First hard fact of the day, 45 new COVID confirmations yesterday in six states. Ondo had the most, followed by Lagos with 15. So we really need to pay attention to Ondo because it's like they want to become a permanent fixture at the top there. But anyway, Lagos, as you can see, we still have cases here. So please take precautions. Limit your movement outside. Wear a mask when you have to go out. Give gap. Wash and sanitize your hands as frequently as possible. Second hard fact of the day... 500 million. That's how many COVID vaccine doses the US government says it's going to give to the rest of the world. Remember, we talked about how India was pausing its supply of vaccines to other countries to focus on its internal demand. And I told you that Joe Biden said that the US would step up to close the gap and become what he called the world's arsenal for COVID-19 vaccines. Now he's put a number to that. Half a billion Here on Hard Facts, our own number is 1 million. That's the number of people who listen to this show. Thank you to each and every one of you for making us what we are. I have a great show for you today. It's the Big Three Global Edition. We'll talk about the U.S. government's strong words for the Nigerian government over Twitter. Then let's talk about Lagos being ranked the second worst major city to living. And then let's talk about El Salvador making Bitcoin its legal tender. After that, as usual for Friday, we're going to bring you Public Square with Agogo Obo. We'll wrap up the show with music and moments with Ifangi and Sam. News updates will come your way at the top of every hour. We're also going to play Just a Minute. If you listen to everything I say, you will be able to win on Just a Minute. Lagos, I am Sandra Ezekwesili, and these are your Hard Facts. The Big Three Global Edition on Hard Facts. the U.S. government react to Nigeria's Twitter ban? How will the U.S. government react to Nigeria's Twitter ban? How would you score life in Lagos? Is El Salvador's Bitcoin decision a mistake or is it the future? This is Big 3 Global Edition. Let's get into the stories. Now, as you know, on Friday, we let Nigeria rest a bit. And then we take a look at stories that have broken in other parts of the world. 
right? Now, some of these stories are still Nigerian stories. Sometimes the biggest story in the world um, is still a Nigerian story or affects Nigeria one way or the other. But uh, most of the time, it's just really an international story, a really global story. And we take a look at three of them every Friday at three. Our first story is the U.S. Department asking the Nigerian government to lift the Twitter ban. The State Department is the American version of the Foreign Affairs Ministry. And we heard from uh, Ned Price. Ned Price is the spokesman for Anthony Blinken. And Anthony Blinken is the Secretary of State uh, in America. That's Foreign Minister. If you're watching us live on Facebook, we're about to play the video of what he said. But if you cannot watch live, Facebook, by the way, is Nigeria Info 99.3. We're streaming live there. Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. But if you cannot watch live, listen to what he said. United States condemns the ongoing suspension of Twitter by the Nigerian government and subsequent threats to arrest and to prosecute Nigerians who use Twitter. The United States is likewise concerned that the Nigerian National Broadcasting Commission ordered all television and radio broadcasters to cease using Twitter. For 60 years, the United States has been proud to partner with Nigeria on a broad array of issues and objectives, with the cornerstone of this relationship being premised on the vibrancy of democracy, a principle embraced by our two nations. Unduly restricting the media uh, and all Nigerians from reporting, gathering, or disseminating opinions and information has no place in a democracy, and it undermines our partnership. Freedom of expression and access to factual and accurate information provided by independent media are foundational to prosperous and secure democratic societies. We join the human rights UN Human Rights Office and partner nations who call for Nigeria to respect freedom of expression online and offline. Now, notice he mentioned the UN Human Rights Office. Here's what the UN themselves had to say. Quote, we are concerned by Nigeria's hashtag Twitter ban, which followed a decision by Twitter to remove a presidential tweet, sweeping bans that intentionally prevent or disrupt access to or dissemination of information online, severely restricts the right to freedom of expression, end quote. So that's the United Nations. Ned Price also talked about the threat to prosecute any Nigerian in Nigeria using Twitter. Earlier this week, I read you a quote from Lai Mohammed, the information minister, telling the BBC that the attorney general would prosecute people who tweet. Then day before yesterday, I quoted Umar Gwandu for you. He's a spokesman for Abu Bakr Malami, the AGF. And he said the same thing. But now we've heard from Malami himself. And he appears to be moving away from that position. He said, quote, For the record, let it be made amply clear that the AGF, Abubakar Malami, is not after any Nigerian tweeting from Nigeria or anywhere in the world, but that any Nigerian company or entity that gives a helping hand for Twitter to escape the ban placed on it will be dealt with. End quote. So uh, I want you to tell me how you interpret what Malami said. Is he backpedaling from the positions given by Lai Muhammad and Umar Gwandu? I don't know. What does, he, what does it mean when he says that he won't go after people for tweeting, but he'll deal with anybody who is helping Twitter escape the ban? What exactly does helping Twitter escape the ban mean? What does that look like?
But back to the U.S. government, uh, these are the strongest words that we've heard from them so far on the Twitter ban. And coming from the highest level so far. Before now, we've heard uh, first from the U.S. Embassy, then we heard from the head of uh, USAID. Both of them report to the Secretary of State. Now we've heard from the Secretary through his spokesman. The only person higher than the spokesman, than the Secretary himself, is Joe Biden himself. So I want to ask you what you think this means in terms of the willingness of the Americans to take steps to end the ban. Do you think, uh, I don't know, what do you think it means? Do you think the Nigerian government will listen to the, to the American government? If not, do you think the U.S. government will be willing to apply any sort of pressure? Do you even want them to apply any sort of pressure? As a Nigerian, do you think that they should even be speaking about this? What do you think about the statement from the UN Human Rights Office? What do you think about Malami now saying that, oh, I'm not going after people that are tweeting and uh, I'm going after entities. I don't know. What does that look like? What does that mean? Men, call me on 0700-993-993-993. Women, call me on 01465-7190. Men, call me on 0700-993-993-993. Women, call me on uh, 0145-7190. We've got WhatsApp as well. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. We're going to take your comments from Facebook as well, uh, as well as um, YouTube and Instagram if you leave them there. YouTube is Nigeria Info FM. Uh, uh, Twitter, is, well, sorry, not Twitter. Instagram is Nigeria Info FM Lagos. And Facebook is Nigeria Info 99.3. Francis Inikorodu, welcome. Okay. Good evening. Well, good to have you on the show. I want to decide should take for about what is happening in Nigeria. Even if it is because it could place a, a, a submission that Nigeria government that will feel it so that they're able to know that what they are doing is not good about their contribution. Okay, thank you. I'm not quite sure I understood that, but thank you very much for calling to share it. Zero seven zero zero nine nine three nine nine three nine nine three. We've got a comment from David. Uh, David is in Surulere, and David says Sandra Twitter is an American company. Every responsible government will defend the interests of their companies abroad, like the U.S. government is doing right now. David, thank you very much for your message. Like I said, WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. hello. 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 Good afternoon. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Uh, yeah, my name is Ruben from Yaba. Welcome, Ruben. Go ahead. Uh, I don't say anything wrong with um, what the American um, spokesperson said. Mm-hmm. It was totally right. And is it a he? A he. Okay, yeah, he was totally right. He was totally uh, What the Nigerian government did was a total executive and uh, executive rascality. And it's not allowed anywhere in the world. This is not China. That's said by Nigerian and the like Mohammed to Trying 
Oh, unfortunately, your line is not very clear, Ruben. I think maybe you're using a hands-free device, so I'm hearing a loud buzzing sound. If you can call back, please call back. But I do think uh, you were making a point about Malami's uh, a seeming back pedal. Osei says, Nigeria is a sovereign nation. The U.S. is not our senior brother. They cannot dictate to us. Osei, thank you very much for your message. Felix from Ikorodu says, uh, I'm not happy with you. Uh, now, wow. Instead of you just go straight to your point. Malami is acting a script. They want to shut up Nigerians. The UN should do all they can uh, to help Nigerians. And the US should ban all Nigerian executives coming to the US for medical treatments and for any business. Okay. Thank you for your message. Uh, we've got Emmanuel from Yesi from Yesi. Uh, in Ota, Ogun State, who says Malami is backpedaling from prosecuting individuals to organizations that use Twitter because he himself has violated the directive. All right. Thank you for your message. Hello. Sorry about that. 99.3. All right, then. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Yeah, thank you. This is Emmanuel. Welcome, Emmanuel. Yeah, thank you. Concerning Malami, I don't want Malami to backpedal at all. Okay. You know, I want this government to go ahead and arrest Baba Diboye, Pastor Kumi, and others. Okay. It is there that I will know that, yes, Buhari is a regenerator. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. If you just tuned into the show, you're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. And I told you that the U.S. State Department has asked the Nigerian government to lift the Twitter ban. Their State Department is the American version of the Foreign Affairs Ministry. And uh, Ned Price is a spokesperson for Anthony Blinken, who is the Foreign Minister for America. And here's what he said. If you're watching on Facebook, we'll play the footage for you one more time. But if you still can't cannot watch while uh, listen to the audio. United States condemns the ongoing suspension of Twitter by the Nigerian government and subsequent threats to arrest and to prosecute Nigerians who use Twitter. The United States is likewise concerned that the Nigerian National Broadcasting Commission ordered all television and radio broadcasters to cease using Twitter. For 60 years, the United States has been proud to partner with Nigeria on a broad array of issues and objectives, with the cornerstone of this relationship being premised on the vibrancy of democracy, a principle embraced by our two nations. Unduly res restricting the media uh, and all Nigerians from reporting, gathering, or disseminating opinions and information has no place in a democracy, and it undermines our partnership. Freedom of expression and access to factual and accurate information provided by independent media are foundational to prosperous and secure democratic societies. We join the human rights, UN Human Rights Office and partner nations who call for Nigeria to respect freedom of expression online and offline. And uh, we also heard from the UN Human Rights Office who tweet, who said, quote, we are concerned by Nigeria's hashtag Twitter ban, which followed a decision by Twitter to remove a presidential tweet, sweeping bans that intentionally prevent or disrupt access to or dissemination of information online, severely restricts the right to freedom of expression, end quote. 
I, I mentioned that particular quote because um, you also heard Ned um, Price um, say that in the audio that you just listened to. So that's the United States, that's the United Nation. Ned Price also talked about a threat to prosecute um, Nigerians in Nigeria who were using Twitter. And um, it's interesting that um, a couple of um, hours after he said that, we got an interview from Abubakar Malami, the AGF, who uh, said that, uh, for the record, let it be made clear, amply clear, that the AGF, Abubakar Malami, is not after any Nigerian tweeting from Nigeria or anywhere in the world, but that any Nigerian company or entity that gives a helping hand for Twitter to escape the ban placed on it will be dealt with, end quote. Now, I don't know if this is a backpedal, especially if you consider what uh, Lai Mohammed said earlier in the week to the BBC or what uh, Uma Gwandu, the spokesman for Malami himself, said uh, the day before yesterday. So is Malami backpedaling from that position? What does it mean when he says that he's not going to go after the people who are tweeting, but that he's going to deal with people who are helping Twitter um, entities, helping Twitter escape the ban? What does that look like? What does helping Twitter escape the ban look like, you know? Do you think the Nigerian government will listen to the American government? And, uh, you know, do you think that um, the U.S. government will be willing to apply any sort of pressure if the Nigerian government doesn't listen to lift this Twitter ban? What do you think about the statement from the Human Rights Office? Charles in Lekki is on the line. Hello, Charles. Good to have you here. Hello, Sandra. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I think uh, Malami, the minister, and co, I think they need some training on uh, information technology. Okay. They need a lot of training. I think they are the old cargoes, they are the old school, so they don't know what is going on now. Okay. Now, people can go to to, uh, to internet to any country today through v- VPN, and you don't need to... I don't know where you want, Malami wants to probe or to prosecute a company in U.S., that is not the matter in Nigeria, a VPN. So uh, for, those, for some of these decisions that these guys are taking, hmm. you just wonder whether uh, we need to continue to elect the old school or appoint old school in government. Okay. Because their time is just far, far away. When the president is telling us to go to 1963, they said, in this age, it's just unfortunate, the kind of people we have now. They are backward and they don't want to look forward. And the youth needs to really rise up this time around so that we don't have this couple of people as leaders again in Nigeria. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. We've got Mercy on the line. Mercy's in Ojo. Hello, Mercy. How are you? Hello. Good evening. Sandra. Good evening. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Um, I, I feel, um, my, fear is now, my fear now is that Abuja Kamarami wants to like, stop VPNs from working in Nigeria. Okay. <laughs> With the statement that he's going Made. to um, go after entities that are helping Twitter to escape the ban. The ban. Hmm. That's actually so a valid hope, concern. Yes. Hmm. So I hope we find a smart and techie way to also outsmart him. You know? 
We need to, yes, we need to keep innovating to beat their wickedness. Hmm. That's how I see it. Mercy, thank you very much for uh, calling to share your thoughts. Uh, Barrett Chukutio Priest says the ban is simply to gang the media. Instead of going after the offenders, they're taking the platform. Musa Onimisi Sheriff says Malami has suddenly changed his tone on the Twitter ban after he violated him, violated it himself. This government is a joke. Olua Tommy Taiwo Lajide says the, this government has proven over and over again that they don't listen to reason. They won't still listen. They have analog brains. It's quite unfortunate. We've got Blame Buhari who says, Sandra, please help us beg American government to come and evacuate us from Nigeria. <laughs> Collins is in Yaba. Hello, Collins. Good to have you on the show. Collins? Oh, sorry about that. Collins, call back. Sorry, call us back. 99.3. Hello. Thank you for calling. What's your name? Hey, Sister Sandra. Hmm? Nobody, nobody will evacuate me in Nigeria. They are, I was born here, we die here. Okay. Let me tell you, Malami. So nobody should do, uh, blame Malami. Okay. He went to school when there was when they were using grammar phone typewriter, so he did not use computer. Nobody should blame him. Oh. Okay. You hear me? Okay. So Sandra, my wife have lost money. My two big boys that used to do content creation mm. in Twitter, mm. because I run an event center. Mm. If you see how those boys, maybe they give them money for food now. Okay. I'm telling you. Okay. Uh, Sandra, mm? what is happening is not good. You see this America that are even fighting for them, mm. for themselves. Mm. Eh? Mm. I don't believe in them. Okay. Do you know why I don't believe in them? Why? Both Amnesty International and America, I don't believe in them because they're supposed to see what is happening in the Southeast. Mm. The killings of the youth. Mm. They are not talking about it. And you are not talking about that. Okay. Okay. Eh? I'm not so talking about which one. Which one? Twitter, which is what I discussed. Mm. But are you talking about the ethnic cleansing of the evil to use? Are you talking about it? No, Sandra, are you talking about it? Thank you for calling. We've got a comment from Maximus Ugoke who says, U.S. government should go and sit down. Not particularly a fan of this tyrannical government, but it's hypocritical for us, for the U.S. government who has maintained a deafening silence on the murder of innocent people in the East to cry wolf simply because Twitter is banned. All right. Benson Kingsley Chidi says, this government has been trying to block freedom of speech uh, of Nigerian people um, so that they can carry out their agenda uh in this country okay we've got messages pouring in via whatsapp as well so let's take a quick look before we have to take a quick break uh it's gati nation sandra good afternoon it's a pity we're living in a country where lost priorities prevail how can twitter be banned in these in this 21st century is twitter the cause of terrorism banditry hunger nepotism tribalism uh is religious hatred and insecurity uh, does twitter have a gun where is the right to freedom of expression i beg our leaders are outdated. I pity Nigeria for the next two years. Good day, uh, Auntie Sandra. Don't mind the U.S. When Nigerians are being killed, they didn't make a strong statement to the government just because of their interest on Twitter suspension, Simeon from Lekki says. All right, Lagos, when we come back, we'll talk about Lagos being the world's second most unlivable city because that's our second story. I am Sandra Ezekwesli. This is Nigeria Info 99.3. Don't go away.
On today's Big 3 Global, our second story is Lagos as the world's second most unlivable city. I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. You're listening to Hard Facts on 99.3 Nigeria Info. So the Economist uh, Intelligence Unit published this report twice a year. It's called the Global Livability Index. They take 140 of the world's biggest cities and they rank them based on five categories. Stability, healthcare, culture and environment, education and infrastructure. The city gets a percentage score on each between 1 and 100 and then the five scores are combined to give a weighted average percentage. This year, the world's top city is Auckland, New Zealand. Auckland scored 96%. Lagos scored 31.2. The only city ranked lower than Lagos is Damascus in Syria. They have a civil war in Damascus in Syria. We have so many African cities ahead of us. Just in the bottom 10 alone, there are four African cities above Lagos. So you've got Algiers in Algeria, Tripoli in uh, Libya, Harare in Zimbabwe, and Douala in Cameroon. Those are ahead of Lagos. But let's quickly look at the breakdown of the Lagos score, shall we? By the way, we're going to be going into more detail about this very soon. We're going to be doing a series on the big hard fact about making Lagos more livable. But let's come back to the report for a bit. Like I said, five categories, right? Each category has specific criteria. So I'm going to give um, I'm going to give you the Lagos score for each category. I'll read out the criteria and you tell me if you agree with the general score. Are you ready? Maybe you should bring out a pen and paper for this particular one. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Um, stability. That's the first one. On stability, they gave Lagos a score of 20%. Now, here are the criteria for stability. Number one, prevalence of petty crime. Number two, prevalence of violent crime. Number three, threat of terror. EIU rating. Number four, threat of military conflict. Number five, threat of civil unrest or conflict. So if you believe these things are high in Lagos, then Lagos deserves that 20% score. If you don't believe those things are high in Lagos, feel free to give me a call and debate it. On health, they gave Lagos a score of 20.8%. And here are the criteria. Availability of private health care, availability of public health care, quality of public health care, availability of over-the-counter drugs, general health care indicators from the World Bank. So again, look at those criteria. Do you believe that Lagos scores higher than 20.8%? On culture and environment, they scored Lagos 41%. So there's a humidity and temperature rating, discomfort of climate for travelers, level of corruption, social, of, uh, social or religious restrictions, level of censorship, sporting availability, cultural availability, food and drink, consumer goods and services. 
This was the second highest score for Lagos. I wonder if you agree. But it was still below 50%. Lagos scored 41%. Now, we got 25% in education based on availability of private education, quality of private education, and public education indicators from the World Bank. Do you believe that that assessment is fair or do you think it's unfair? And finally, on infrastructure, Lagos scored 46.4%. That's from quality of road network, quality of public transport, quality of international links, availability of good quality housing, quality of energy provision, quality of water provision, quality of telecommunications. Lagos scored 46.4%. So that's the ranking system in a nutshell. Why does this score matter? This GLI score, why does it matter? Lots of global organizations use it in decision making. So, for example, let's say that you are a multinational corporation. You want to open your Africa headquarters. You're choosing between 15 big cities on the continent. Before you go far, you pick up your copy of the global um, livability report and you compare the GLI scores for all the cities. You probably don't use it for a final decision, shall, but it helps you eliminate a few options. Maybe even rank the survivors so already out of the gate Lagos is at a disadvantage compared to say Johannesburg or Nairobi because we often talk about wanting to attract foreign direct investment well these are the indices that attract FDI or drive it away And here's Nigeria's biggest city, the commercial and lifestyle hub, the center of excellence, dragging last place with a country at civil war. Damascus, a city in a country that has war. And I want to know what you think about this. Do you believe that the ranking is fair or do you think, oh, come on, they should have scored us higher on education. They should have scored us higher on culture and environment. They should have scored us higher on infrastructure. Come on. They should have scored us higher on stability. There's not a lot of petty crime or violent crime. There's no threat of EIU ratings, a threat of terror. There's no threat of military conflict. There's no threat of civil unrest or conflict. They should have scored us higher. Come on, our public health care is great. They scored us too low. So again, as a recap, for stability, we scored 20%. Healthcare, we scored 20.8%. We scored 41% um, for culture and environment. Uh, we scored 25% in education. And then infrastructure, we scored 46.4%. And I want to know if you agree with this assessment. Do you, th do you believe that the ranking is fair? Which of these categories do you agree with or disagree with the most? 0700-993-993-993. You can also call us for women, 01465-7190. WhatsApp is 080-959-75805. Hello, thank you for calling us. Again, diversify into hello. Uh, then get the land abuse. Hello. Okay. 99.3. Hello. 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 How are you? What's your name? Yeah, my name is Ruben from Yaba. Welcome, Ruben. Yeah, on the Lagos State um, ranking, well, I don't think any technical negotiation can be surprised. Okay. Um, it's horrible. I think if someone looks towards the federal government want to help itself and position Lagos 
and in extension Nigeria is a better place. The Lagos Bank Expressway, the Lagos Ibadan Expressway, though they are claiming that they are not but we are not seeing anything. The blue line, the white line, the purple line, the indigo line, or whatever rail system, they should develop it. And then see how Nigeria will rank. Then the education system improve this for God's sake. The privacy have been helping our matter. They have been helping us. They have been helping our lives. The public education system should also be improved. And there are just little, little perfect things that you can do. And before you say they're probably seen, we should talk about the rankings. It's as simple as that. Then there are many other things that you can also do. The money they pay when it comes to this. This agreement, I'm making over 1.4 billion era days. Where is that money going to? How, how do you know they're making that money? Where, where did you see that data? I saw that data, I see that data, I think, on a very, very independent, uh, 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 so, uh, they are like budgets, budgets, they did the, the whole thing very, very fast. People are making money now. And where is the money going to? Ah. Ah, wow, Ruben, your line is so bad. I'm sorry. 99.3. Hello? Hello? All right, then. Hello, thank you for calling us. Hello. Good afternoon. What's your name? Yeah, good afternoon. My name is Samuel. Hi, Samuel. Welcome. Yes, I want to say that we are not surprised, really, that we have that that uh, uh, result, really. We are not surprised. Come on, let's talk about education, for instance. Okay. Let's talk about education, for instance. We know. The public, even our private school, are expensive for a common man to just say, "Okay, I want to take my, I want to take my my kids to school." Mm. Not to talk of, um, not to talk of these uh, um, public schools that may maybe be, 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 they can they can be able to you know afford, but even despite the fact that it's affordable, it is still not it is still not having the standard it should have. Okay. So. Every necessary, everything that has been, every ranking that has been done there mm. is true. In fact, I am not surprised, really, really. As a, as a Lagosian, mm. I'm not really surprised that it's like that. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for calling. We've got Adegoke on the line. Adegoke, how are you? Hi, Sandra. Do you think this was a fair assessment? Uh, I think so. Mm. Also, at least we are Lagosians and... We are here in it. And we you don't think they happening. were too harsh? I mean, come on. Shouldn't we have scored higher with stability, maybe? At, at least they've given us up 40% in some areas. Well, fair. And in health, 20.8%. Percent, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agree with them when it comes to healthcare. Okay. In Lagos. You know, it's really, even in my area, you hardly find the healthcare center, mm. you know, where the common man can actually go to. It's mostly private hospitals that we have in Lagos. If you go to the um, Lagos Island hmm. Hospital there, you can see the queue. And uh, you have an appointment and then you're going from somewhere very far, like where I am. And then you start going there. Before you get there, some people are already there by 5 a.m. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we need to have in the centralized uh, local health centers, functional for that matter. Right. You know, we don't have that here. And education too, you know, is really low, you know, and at least they scored us 41 in the area of culture. Right. And and the climate, but I think uh, they they gave us higher than uh, they're supposed to give us there too. Yeah, wow. 
Tom Moy Hasho, I dig okay. No, because the infrastructure, look at infrastructure, man. Mm. You know, it's, it's crazy. They may be doing some, maybe they're working actually, like in a bear, a bear road now. Mm. They're, they're working there, seriously. Mm. I bet you, a bear to a bear road, mm. they're seriously working. Okay. Yeah, uh, but basically, if you look at all the infrastructure they're doing, it doesn't reach out to where the local common man is staying okay. go to the inner roads they are mm. bad mm. they are terrible mm. yes mm. No, I think okay thank you very much for calling Sholade uh, Miolua Shenwung says if Lagos is having this poor rating what will be uh, for other states because Lagos has been the benchmark for every other state my god how did we get here Sholade Mi thank you for your message Chibwes Alexander says Sandra do you think the governor of Lagos will dis- will regard this GLI score rating I doubt if they will we have somebody who's listening to us from Kenya Jane Mugo Jane thank you very much for um, sending a message in and of course for listening now let me bring you our final story where in El Salvador Bitcoin is the official currency on Wednesday the parliament approved a motion sent by President Nayib Bukele so 90 days from now it will become compulsory for all businesses in El Salvador to accept Bitcoin as payment by the way, El Salvador has no currency. It uses the US dollar. So now it's going to be dollars and Bitcoin. Now, why did Bukele take, uh, take this step? Remittances. Salvadorians abroad are sending a lot of money home. Remittances account for 20% of their GDP. Now, cryptocurrency makes transferring money easier and cheaper. So the president thinks that making Bitcoin legal tender will reduce the costs of sending money home and also reduce the demand for the dollar when people who get Bitcoin from abroad want to buy stuff. He believes that Bitcoin is here to stay, so there's no need to fight the future. In fact, Bukele wants to turn El Salvador into a global capital for cryptocurrency he's also trying to attract miners so let me let me explain what that means the the mining part let me explain that real quick bitcoin exists on computers and before new bitcoin can be created you need a computer to perform a very complex calculation the first computer to solve the calculation will generate a new bitcoin so all over the world you have thousands and thousands of so-called bitcoin miners Basically, it's people who are using these very powerful computers to race each other. But as you can see, or as you can imagine, they're using a lot of electricity. A lot of electricity. And since most electricity comes from sources like coal and gas, and these things harm the environment, more and more people are saying that Bitcoin is polluting the world. Do you remember that um, Elon Musk said uh, something along those lines a few weeks ago, and it made the price of Bitcoin crash? Do you remember that? And that's why there's more and more talk of finding um, cleaner power sources for Bitcoin mining. And Bukele says he has the answer. His country generates uh, some electricity from volcanoes. We call that uh, geothermal electricity. It's clean. And he's saying that um, he wants the power company to set up big Bitcoin mining hubs at the power plants so that the miners can set up their computers there to run on clean energy. Bukele is hoping that this will attract Bitcoin miners from around the world to come and invest in El Salvador. In fact, if you have three Bitcoin you'll be able to get El Salvadorian um, citizenship. 
And that citizenship grants you access to countries like the UK and over 150 countries. Now, there are concerns about Bukele's plan. First of all, it's not clear whether the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, will like it. Second of all, um, El Salvador depends very heavily on the IMF. In fact, right now, they're negotiating a $1 billion um, uh, aid and loan program. And as you know, the IMF is very cautious about cryptocurrency in general. So we're waiting to hear what um, what they'll say to the government. But in the meantime, that's President Bukele's plan for Bitcoin in El Salvador, making it legal currency, create mining hubs with clean energy, and give citizenship to people with lots of Bitcoin. And I want to know your thoughts. Do you think that um, this will work or do you think he's moving too fast? Do you think they're moving too fast? Do you think Bitcoin will work as legal tender? Do you think other countries will adopt it as well? Or do you think that this experiment go fail, it go last dent, and it's going to lead other countries to walk away from it? Women call me on 01465-7190. Men call me on 0700-993-993-993. If you have uh, WhatsApp, send us a message there. 080-959-75805. We're streaming live on Facebook, Nigeria Info 99.3. I'm going to come to WhatsApp in a bit, but I want to take a few calls. Hello. Thank you for calling us. Hi, uh, Sandra. What's your name, sir? Uh, Okay, I did okay. Welcome back. I'm back. Mm. Yeah. Wow, how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there's a trick to that. Okay, you should teach them, uh, teach them. I'll, I'll sell it. All right, I, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as far as Salvador, I, I heard that news this morning, watched it on business time. I mm. uh, already on TV, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, they actually analyzed the whole thing and uh, there are actually risks to that mm. which they are venturing into because uh, countries have really not accepted them as a legal tender. Right. You know, so it's like they are like, um, uh, let's say, they, they sacrifice the experiment for this. And uh, for them having um, maybe a hub for miners you know, where they're able to mine and that's also an added advantage to them though because it is going to attract uh, miners to that country. Right. And then for them using it as a legal tender, mm. uh, they may have to pay for the disadvantages that come with it. You know, but it's all an experiment. Let's see how it goes. I, I believe it's going to work to a certain extent. And when other countries see that this can work, they also will try to venture into it because mm. everyone is scared right mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. to do it. But let's see them try it. And, and win. But I'm more, like, what do you think of the futuristic um, um, ambitions of, of their president? You know, I mean, oh, the world has a problem with with mining uh, as a result of the heavy electricity usage and what it does for the environment. OK, we've got clean energy. Come and come and use it. Yeah, I, uh, it, it's something they can explore to see mm-hmm. they have clean energy. Mm-hmm. Let them uh, uh, develop or build on that. Right. It's going to be profitable. Mm. okay. thank you very much for calling. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Hello, how are you? Hello, good afternoon. Good afternoon. What's your name, sir? Okay, my name is Bahami. Welcome, Bahami. Okay, I want to talk about the crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, crypto is the future. Okay. So this is just the resistance that comes with 
you know, before people accept things, you know, mm-hmm. just want to disrupt the new order of uh, the old order of things. Okay. So IMF will kick, they will kick, <laughs> but uh, some of them are taking their own decision. You mm-hmm. understand? Mm-hmm. Because I know that, in fact, I think there are more Salvadorians in the U.S. than they have in their country. Okay. You understand? Mm-hmm. So they spend a lot of money. And you know the charges on... Uh, in all these things, mm-hmm. all these, uh, in the transactions, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. in the transaction, mm-hmm. it's too high. So, and these people are trying how to find the alternative to cutting off uh, all these uh, Western Union and all those what. And also, what I want to uh, ask them is, there are other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum, like uh, Cardano, that's Ada, and uh, other ones. Are they going to also allow that or just Bitcoin? Because that will give one cryptocurrency advantage over other competing uh, altcoins. Hmm. You understand? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So that's what I would like to to say. Mahome, thank you very much for calling and sharing your thoughts. Let's go to Facebook where we've got um, Ben Sanchidi who says, be honest with yourself, uh, are Nigerians happy? All right. Daniel Danjuman says, the score for Lagos is not a truly reflection of what is on ground. Lagos is even worse. Environment, education, health, all of it is very poor. Let me go to WhatsApp now. Sandra, power belongs to the people. As long as democracy is concerned, Concerned. From Malami's statement, we can see clearly that this government is in a state of confusion. What the U.S. said in this regard is acceptable, coupled with the fact that Nigeria as a country always emulates the system of democracy of the United States. 2023 is a game changer. Nigerians should not allow this mistake to repeat itself again. It's the time Nigerian youths should come together, do due diligence, check the kind of candidates they vote for in the next election. Amechi Anadwaka. Thank you very much for your message. We've got, um, uh, you didn't put your, uh, Demola in Ojo says, Sandra, I'm not surprised with the ranking of Lagos at all. It's so sad to see one of the mega cities in Africa ranking this low. Yeah, surely Bitcoin is an SB thing. I'm a Bitcoin holder and I invest in all other, bit, on, in all other coins. Bitcoin as legal tender will be very appreciated. Demola, thanks for your message. We've got a, a message here from Muyi. Muyi is in New York. And Muyi says, Lagos, worst city, Jesus, and then puts crying face emojis for me. Mui. Pele, yeah? Pele. We've got Sadiq uh, from Berger who says, Shenobi president, they think in the future so. Chai, our leaders cannot relate. Sadiq from Berger says, thank you very much, Sadiq. We've got a message here from um, Sheyi. Sheyi says, while the Nigerian president is stuck in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, you have a president here thinking about the future. The Nigerian parents wants to reopen grazing routes that people have developed, snatch back their lands. Meanwhile, the president in Salvador is looking for ways to attract foreign investment into his country. The Nigerian president couldn't even answer questions about foreign direct investment. He instead took that time to blame NSARS and say that they wanted to take him out of office. Wow. Shayi, thank you very much for getting that off your chest. 
All right. Prince says, I want to say the rankings are fair, except on infrastructure. Lagos is far below 46% on infrastructure. Is Lucky Ekpe Expressway not in Lagos? Where are the infrastructure scoring a pass mark of 46%? Lagos is below 30% to me on infrastructure. Thank you very much for your message. Sandra, concerning this ranking pertaining Lagos, it's over fair. Uh, that's a message from Felix. Uh, Felix is in Anthony Village. Thank you very much for your message. Sandra, I will not argue this statistics because it's only who doesn't reside in Lagos that will not understand. With all the billions generated and yet not much is seen in reality. Lagos State as it is now generates and makes more money yet it's not yet it's uh, not so crime in getting higher health. Another issue is will okay I don't know that, that's a lot that um it's a, it's, a, it's a mouthful. I'm going to have to take a breath and uh, come back to that message. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, Lagos. You are listening to your number one station for talk. 99.3 Nigeria Info. 99.3 Nigeria Info. Let's talk.